Let's look at it like a tree. If we know that we want to end up with this big, beautiful, shady, robust monarch of a tree, we have to consider the source. We have to consider the seed. If we want to have a regal sample of a tree later on over the course of our lifetime, we must consider the seed. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents channel. My name is Jesse Durham. Today we're going to be discussing passive income. It could just as easily be a retirement podcast that we're covering today because a lot of folks would use that language. I like to use and I've adopted from having read R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, the mentality, the approach of passive income over retirement. But let's consider first, let's go to the means of considering retirement or passive income, whichever works best for you. I'm going to promote the idea of considering our passive income approach. Let's talk about how money is earned. Firstly, either people are at work or money itself is at work. Those are the two ways to be able to earn income at, at the real fundamental levels. Either we are using our own two hands to accomplish some task, or we are employing others. We've built up a team, a company, a small business, a big business, a franchise, something. We're doing something with people to earn money, to make money. Also, money can be used in Lots of, lots of different ways, and I'm not here to promote one over the other, but whether your approach is with 401ks or IRAs or cash flowing real estate, so many different things, so many different things. And all of them can be relevant here in this conversation of passive income. But there are ways to use money to make more money. So people at work with their skills and talents and literal hands and time... Or we can have money making more money. So when we consider that there very well may come a time when we would appreciate some passive income to either supplement what it is that we anticipate doing or even replace what it is that we are currently doing, we need to recognize our options for doing so. And what I said at the beginning of the clip is looking at the seed that we will use to create the tree or the forest of trees that we want to eventually have. You know, a tree starts out as a seed, and that seed's very important to consider. And why I say that it's very important to consider because that scenario, that thinking actually of a tree, plays very well into what Nash covers in his book. Principles like think long range. This is not an overnight accomplishment, supplying ourselves with a passive income. It doesn't come from just thin air. There has to be a lot that goes into it. And one of the key philosophies that Nash brings to bear is the idea of thinking long range. Not just thinking about, okay, what could I do over the next year? the next four years, the next seven years, but really just walk things out and consider what we could do over the course of our lifetime. And then, of course, when we consider passive income years in general, or at least I do, 
that often will lead into my legacy thinking. So that's where we can really walk out long-range thinking to intergenerational thinking. What is it that I could be doing right now while receiving passive income and still be playing into the legacy that will impact my children, my children's children, and just eight generations down the line? So long-range thinking, this idea of growing trees or of what we're going to discuss here, becoming your own banker, building up a system of whole life insurance policies with a mutual company that pay a dividend, building up a system of these privatized banking policies, that's a long range or approach, or at least it should be. And the other idea that I'm going to say this subject reminds me of from Nash's book is the idea of not being afraid to capitalize. See, if I want to have a tree here on our property, I'm going to have to, one way or another, go about looking at my soil, picking out an appropriate seed or sapling to transplant. There's, there's going to be some upfront work. There's going to be some upfront research and study to make that come about. The, the planting and the pruning, all the different things that go into creating a tree that will eventually provide shade and perhaps fruit and just great enjoyment and lots of things down the line, again, for generations. So not being afraid to capitalize, not being afraid to dig the hole and to fertilize, all these things with the tree analogy, and I'm sure you're following me here. Well, with a policy, that means that we can't be afraid to pay a significant enough premium that will yield the kind of abilities that we want to have in the future. So if you tell me, well, Jesse, I would like to have X number of dollars annually or monthly or whatever the case may be, so-and-so years from now, okay, we have to go back and look at the seed then that's going to yield that tree. We have to go and look at the amount of premium dollars that you are willing and purposefully and intentionally willing to pay into a policy that you own and control so that you will have that capital in the future to access. But also, of course, obviously by putting it into a whole life policy that you own and control, there are lots of characteristics of benefits that I believe make a whole life policy with a mutual company that pays a dividend, the ideal asset, the ideal tool and vehicle for all things finance. Again, we're talking about the idea of becoming your own banker. So those are a couple of Nash's key philosophies right off the bat, thinking long range and not being afraid to capitalize that are going to, because if we're only thinking for five years into the future, what happens if you live 25 years into the future in whatever time frame that we're considering here? And also, our need of capital is not going to diminish in the future. We're always going to have a growing need of capital because, again, our businesses should be growing. Hopefully our families are growing. Um, you know, humans don't naturally have a tendency to, to want less or um to be more financially independ 
dependent, excuse me, to be more financially, I'm so used to saying financially independent because that's what we're promoting, the idea that uh, you can become your own banker, that you can have financial independence and autonomy. But there's no point in the future where we're going to want to be dependent because we put too little seed into the harvest that we expected to have. And let me clarify at that at that point, just because of the, I don't want my language to confuse anyone. In no way am I talking about investments at this point. I'm merely talking about the banking function. I'm talking about how to build a system of policies that would accommodate our need of finance in the future, even in passive income or retirement years. So we can't be afraid to capitalize. We really do need to be thinking long range. I mean, if we don't put enough seed in to accomplish what we're going to want in the future, it's just that's just a what we're talking about are guaranteed cash values that can be borrowed against in the future. I mean, when you own one of these privatized banking policies, when you own a whole life policy with a mutual company that pays a dividend, and I'm not even talking about the non-guaranteed, I'm not even talking about the dividends, but when you just look at the guaranteed cash values, you can see what access, and you can do so in a known environment, you'll see what access you will have to capital in the future. So you can go right down to once you have that contract, it's you can go and look at the cash values that you're going to have in those future years and say, well, okay, this is this is what my system looks like now. I have access to this amount this year, this amount this year, and those are growing amounts, guaranteed, contractually. Again, not even talking about the dividend. And when we're ready to access those funds, again, those are guaranteed funds that we can leverage in a known interest environment at our discretion. So really being able to right now in the here and now provide for our need of finance for the cars, vacation, business equipment, taxes, over whatever it is that we have going on as a household or as a business or as an investor. If we will account for our need of finance and systematically build in our financial footprint a system of these policies when we get to passive income years because we weren't bleeding out the same interest dollars that the average American is paying right at 34.5% interest for every dollar earned because we've kept that interest in our household or in our business or in our investment portfolio. By the time we get to passive income years, we're going to look starkly different because we accounted for our need of finance because we accounted for the banking function in our lives. We're going to look very, very differently when it comes to a passive income stance, especially in contrast with the average American, because we didn't lose out on those interest dollars. But furthermore, we're able to gain all the principal back as well. See, with this privatized banking system that I'm describing, when we account for our need of finance and we finance personally, privately with ourselves for our vacations and our college degrees and our business equipment, whatever it is that we're doing, okay, when we can get the principal back, when we can take the vacation and get the money back, when we can buy the business equipment and get the money back, when we can pay for one of our child's college or 
braces or wedding, whatever the case may be, uh, for the motor home that we buy, and we can get the money back, and we can get the dividends back, and we can get the profits if, if we're doing business ventures, and we can get that money back, then we have the principal, the interest, any profits, all back into this privatized banking system. And the system itself, just by the nature of a properly structured policy, the cash values are going to be growing day over day over the entire, entire lifetime of that policy. On weekends, on holidays, in pandemics, government shutdowns, whatever the case may be, day over day, policy values are increasing. Then when you account for what we're actually doing with our capital that we leverage from these policies, we're talking about how we can finance whatever our lifestyle is or whatever our business needs are or whatever our investments happen to be, and we're getting that money back. So we're, we're coupling all the beauty of this nest egg idea, but we're not foregoing any access to the nest egg because we can be building for passive income years retirement but at the same time we're doing so by actively today using our money using our capital for our need for finance so as we over the course of our lifetime account for our entire need of finance and we can build up eventually to where our income equals premium dollars so again we're just we're doing the things that we would otherwise do anyway but we're also getting the money back and then when we get to passive income years there's guaranteed growth on our policies there is the whole sum as long as we've been an honest banker and of course i'm going to promote that that's one of nash's key philosophies as well as you know think long range don't be afraid to capitalize. Don't do business with banks. And be an honest banker. If we're paying ourselves first, and that means paying premiums to these policies that we own and control, and we're paying ourselves interest because money has a cost to it. Capital has a cost to it. If we'll pay ourselves interest just like we would have paid to a third party, and then we eventually recapture those dollars plus the interest. So those are the three steps in being an honest banker. So if we're an honest banker, we'll get to our passive income years in an optimal situation. And this is a great point for me to be able to interject this particular thought. If you're vetting this idea for the first time and passive income really any aspect of personal finance is on your radar. But let's just say, because that's what we're discussing in particular in this conversation today, if passive income is on your radar, and to date you've just conventionally financed things in your life, meaning you've gone to a bank, borrowed their money on whatever their terms and conditions happen to be, you were beholden to them, and you paid them interest, or even let's say the opposite. Let's say that you set aside cash money somewhere and you forfeited the opportunity to earn on that money, let, let me point out, the whole time that you were amassing money to be able to buy something cash that you wanted, you're forfeiting the opportunity to earn on your money. And again, let me say, money has a cost. So 
everything is financed in one of those two ways. Either we're paying interest or we're forfeiting the opportunity to earn interest. Once you decide that you're going to become your own banker, by implementing this becoming your own banker process, the moment you have a policy and you're using the capital in a policy to be able to finance the things that you are going to do anyway, you have exponentially increased your rate of return in the banking industry, in the banking field. I know you earn income in whatever way that you earn income in your business, in your employment, whatever you happen to be doing. You invest. I mean, so many things. There's lots of ways to earn money. Okay. But in banking, prior to implementing the infinite banking concept, we were earning nothing. Our, our rate of return was zero. Whereas now it's exponentially larger. And over the course of time, as we account for our entire financial footprint, this is going to increase and increase and increase exponentially as well. And I haven't mentioned much about taxes yet, but for sure, when we get later in life or at whatever point we decide we want to be receiving passive income, how we receive income matters. Um, and I'm not a tax expert and I'm not giving tax advice, but taxes exist. People pay them. You know, I could ask some questions about, do you think, Taxes are likely to go up in the future. Is that a possibility? Do you think that it's possible that we may be taxed on more things in the future? Possibly. Well, how we earn income matters. The, the money we access in a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company that pays a dividend, the money that we access in leverage against the cash values that we have in our policy is tax-free, 100% tax-free. You can access money via policy loans against the cash values of your policy 100% tax-free. So from a tax standpoint, again, that's not tax advice, I'm just saying that it's a policy loan from the insurance company's general account against the cash values that you hold as a part owner of the company by being a policyholder, a contract owner. And you get to access that tax-free. Just saying. So let me say that policy structure then really matters. I've, I've mentioned policy structure a couple of times at this point. When I'm having a conversation with a prospective client or a current client who's adding to their system and they're thinking ahead in particular when we're getting to the idea of passive income, and that's not to say that a policy can only be structured for one purpose. That's not so. What I, what I personally promote is the idea that when you acquire a whole life policy. It should be properly structured, not in a cookie cutter fashion, but it should be properly structured for your purposes today, but also over the course of your lifetime and eventually playing into your legacy goals. So if a policy is going to be constructed, though, with passive income in mind, that's really going to matter from the start. And again, going back to seed leading up to a tree, okay, a conversation about what you want a policy for 
is what is going to be constructed to account for the passive income that you anticipate in the future and that you want to have guaranteed into the future. So policy structure really matters. And my belief is that that should be based off of a one-on-one conversation so that that policy will be constructed for your purposes, again, both now and into those passive income years in the future as well. And when we get to those passive income years, the options, and I've done particular podcasts, episodes on the flexibility of a policy. There's so much flexibility in a policy that you own and control. It's, it's a beautiful thing how the flexibility of the premiums that you will pay versus what you can pay. So the obligations that you have to maintain a policy in force are there, but also the opportunity to maximize a policy are also there. And if over the course of your lifetime, you build a system of policies like my wife and I, my wife and I, when we started, we got one policy because we liked this idea of becoming our own banker and paying off student loan debt and getting the money back and taking family vacations and getting the money back. Whereas now we own six policies with uh, multiple companies and we will continue to add to our system over the course of, of our lifetime. So again, in looking towards passive income years or being in passive income years, having the flexibility within each individual contract, it's a beautiful thing. And having the flexibility to use your policies as a system is also a beautiful thing. And, you know, to have, to have a discussion about that, we should have a discussion about, and, and I do with my clients, I do with my clients, we have discussions with our clients about actively, regularly, about how a system of policies can be used to accomplish whatever your your ends are, your goals are. Also, while recognizing the flexibility in each individual policy. There's so much there. It's its, it's, its own episode. But eventually, I knew that I would have to get to the point in this podcast episode, in particular as well, in discussing retirement and passive income years, the idea of never retiring for lots of reasons. And I can say that I personally have had a big change in my retirement philosophy. You know, when I started out as a law enforcement officer in the state of North Carolina, I knew what that trajectory looked like. I knew that that was going to be 30 years and what my hours were going to be and how many vacation days I was going to be limited to and sick days and and whatnot. And then later when I made a transition into public education, I was teaching high school Spanish. I knew what that was going to look like as well. And I had the the state retirements and I funded my, my 401k and I was doing all the conventional, traditional uh, things. And, you know, what I figured out over the course of time by reading some quality books, you know, one that I can think of right off the top of my head is Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. He actually has a chapter where he discusses, well, the title, Never Retire. So I would encourage you to check that book out. It's a great book. And there are other great books um, from my biblical scholars out there. You know, it doesn't seem to me that retirement, retiring, 
is a good idea uh, or it's ever seen favorably in the scripture. So that's an interesting thought as well, I think. And we could have a discussion on it. It'd be it'd be intellectually stimulating, but I think it's it's very pragmatic as well to consider why we should never retire. But again, I'm not I'm not trying to make anybody choose. I'm just provoking thought here, I hope. And also hopefully helping us to question why it is that we believe what we do you know that would be the fifth of nash's philosophies concerning infinite banking and that's going to be that we should rethink our thinking you know being being humble enough being open enough to learn to have a conversation to consider new ideas rethink your thinking i know that i rethought my thinking from what i thought retirement was going to look like for me and when i would want to do that and now the goalpost has really moved for me, but but in, in in the direction that I want now, because I believe that I'm more aware and I encourage you to consider such things. And let's have a conversation about that. It'll be fun. Now, the pages in particular that I'm going to encourage everyone to read, they're pages 46 and 47 in the Becoming Your Own Banker book where Nash is covering these concepts himself. Uh, we're going to the source. Uh, he's covering himself the idea of retirement and also how he adopted passive income over the idea of retirement. And with that, let me ask this. This is perhaps the most crucial thing that I've asked. If we knew that we could accumulate and compound our capital uninterrupted, that day over day, week over week, month over month, year over year, our capital would increase uninterrupted in a compounding fashion without us being limited in accessing capital, meaning we could still access the capital, use it today, while still growing it into the future. If we knew that that process would take place, when would we want to start it? And how big would we want it to be? So if we knew that we were going to have this constant, uninterrupted, upward trajectory of where and how, and with access, we could amass our capital, when would we want to start? And how big would we want it to be? So if you'd like to further this conversation, you can definitely reach me at 828-817-4223 or you can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. This has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. There's a part of me that would really like, I would really like being able to keep these, but it detracts so much from that. I mean, look at that, ah, oh, just unfettered handsomeness. That's my dilemma.